Welcome to Crow Tours. This week, features and benefits. The questions this cast answers are, what are features and benefits? Why are features and benefits important outside of sales? And how do I use features and benefits every day? If your knowledge of desk, high D's, I's, S's and C's, the perfectionists, the Attila, the Huns, the marketers, the team players, if that has helped you become more effective at work, you'll want to seriously consider coming to our Effective Communications Conference. We set the basics of DISC in an hour or so, and then we spend the rest of the day teaching you how finally to communicate effectively, which is to pay attention to what your listener does and communicate in a way that makes sense to them. At the end of the day, you'll be able to read someone in a conversation, determine their major DISC tendency, and then based on that, make some changes in how you deliver to improve the chances that you get harmony and congruence and collaboration and not drama, conflict, and tension. Come see us. So for everybody who's listening in order of podcasts, last week we talked about using features and benefits as part of your preparation for interviews. And in this week's guidance, we're going to widen that picture and look at how you can use the whole concept of features and benefits, all of the things where you're trying to persuade someone or help someone see your point of view. So we're going to talk about how you persuade people every day or how you're in sales every day, because not everybody kind of gets that idea. And it's sometimes hard to guess or hard to grasp how you are in sales. Then we're going to talk about listing features, converting them to benefits just like we did last week and then we're going to talk about being judicious with them because it's easy to come up with a really long list so sarah we persuade people every day right absolutely we do even if we don't think we do through our actions we absolutely do many people actually think that the skills of sales only apply to people who are in actual sales or the marketing department Now, those people might be doing the clearest sales job, but unless the rest of the company is selling too, the company will not achieve maximum success. All of us are persuading or selling uh, our ideas, processes, wants, and our needs every single day from asking a colleague to help us with a problem, asking your boss for a pay raise, for example. We need to be able to persuade people to our point of view. And there's nothing Machiavellian about this. We're not saying that you should be persuading people for nefarious reasons or to outcomes that will be bad for them. We're not saying, oh, you persuade people to do things that you want them to do just because you want them to do them and and that's not a win-win situation. We're just saying that when you want to get what you want, one, you have to find a benefit for the other person because otherwise they won't do it. And this is whole the whole part of the persuasion thing. You do me a favor, I do you a favor. Or I show you how this will benefit you and you do it for me. And the way to get anything, if you're paying attention to your day, you will notice that you're persuading people all of the time. And features and benefits is, is a technique. It's one way to think about this thing, about the outcome that you want and what is it that's going to persuade someone to give you that outcome or work with you towards that outcome. So for example, as an IT analyst, you're in persuasion sales too. On the surface, you are solving problems for your customers, but you're also giving them good service, therefore encouraging them to come back to you. 
getting good customer service scores mean that the company will keep the contract and you'll keep your job. That's the outcome that we're looking for. Now, the question is, how do you encourage the customer to give you that good score, even when you're giving them bad news? And if you hold on, we're going to tell you. Anytime you're trying to get your idea used or a change in process or even deciding where to have lunch, you're selling people. So it's important that we understand some of those skills that are thought of as sales-specific but can be used everywhere. The first part of the features and benefit process is to look for the features. So the features are the part of whatever it is that you're trying to sell. So let's think about our IT analyst with the desired outcome of a happy customer. And let's say this customer has all the signs of burnt out battery on her laptop, which means giving her laptop up for two days and but she'll get a loaner, so it's not that bad. But obviously the customer isn't going to be happy about giving up her laptop. But there are some features of this transaction that might benefit her. So for example, she'll be getting a loaned laptop. So there isn't going to be a gap where she can't get to her email or she can't do any of her work. Um, and she'll get a new battery, which means that later on she'll be able to work longer with her laptop without having to find a plug and a socket and take the lead with her and all sorts of things. So you can probably guess what those benefits were, but we'll get to that. We're just going to do some more examples of features for you first, just to kind of cement it. So let's think about somebody else in the organization. A new company's been acquired and they have the choice of keeping their outsourced accountancy team or using their in-house team features of your accountancy team might be specialists in different tax regimes around the world, uh, accountants aligned to different business units, a help desk for managers who have to make accounting entries. These are attributes that your team has. They may or may not be different to those that the other team has, and that doesn't matter. Whoever is making the decision is looking at a lot of features, and it's probable that you'll have some which are unique. So don't worry about comparing yourself to others. Okay, so we'll do one more example. So we had the IT analyst, we've had the accountancy team, and now we're just going to do one more example and then we'll get to benefits. So let's say there's a, someone who is involved in a process that you're involved in who isn't really required and who is gumming things up. So this is a real-life example, actually. This is part of our podcast process where after we've recorded, there's a bunch of steps that we go through in order to get the podcast ready for the website. And uh, Mike was involved in that. And what he was doing was just transferring the files from one system to another so that it could be accessed by our sound engineer. But Mike was often traveling, and so he couldn't do it. So I had to do a workaround to get around that. And sometimes we didn't go back and fix the workaround. And so Although Mike was in the process, he wasn't doing anything that only Mike can do. He was doing something that other people could do. And when he was traveling, uh, it made things difficult because we didn't know what was happening necessarily. We didn't know whether he was going to get to it necessarily. The people waiting for the files would wait and we would think they had them and they didn't have them. So we had an idea how to resolve the problem. But then we have to sell the idea to Mike or to, to our bosses so that we can change the process. 
So the features of this is it eliminates one person and it reduces the workarounds which cause problems later. So you could take that features list to your boss, but it's better if you sell the benefits. It answers the what's in it for them question. So now we've got three examples with our features. Now we're going to convert them to benefits. Benefits answer the question, what's in it for me? Your laptop customer is thinking, well, you have to take the laptop, but what's in it for me? But right now, all that they can see is the inconvenience involved in it. This is when you get arguments about why things have to happen the way they do. Customers that see only inconvenience get angry. However, you can prevent that. Your conversation might go like this. Ma'am, in order to fix your laptop, we need to change the battery. Unfortunately, that means that you'll be without your laptop for two days. However, we have a five-minute process that transfers everything on your current laptop to a loaner that we can do right at your desk. It'll be just like working on your current laptop. Before we give your laptop back, we're going to reverse this procedure so that there's no loss of continuity for you. In addition, the new battery will give you eight hours of work time without needing to hunt for a socket or borrow somebody else's power cord. So the benefits to this laptop user are that there's no loss of continuity and the new battery are giving her more time to work. So what we've done is we've addressed the issue of inconvenience by describing the benefit of having a loaner and by describing uh, how we're going to do that transfer in a, in a quick way and at her desk so we're minimizing the inconvenience. And then we've talked about addressing the inconvenience of actually having to change the battery by giving her the benefit of what having a new battery will give her, which is more work time. So our second example was the accountancy team trying to sell their services to the new acquisition. And we said the features were specialists in different tax regimes around the world, accountants aligned to different business units, and a help desk for managers who have to make accounting entries. So, uh, Sarah, how are we going to describe those benefits? So here's how that conversation might go. We have in-house specialists and all the different tax regimes of the countries that the company works with. They understand both our business and the tax regime, meaning that you get advice that's specialized to this company and that country first time. They ensure that you get consistent advice from one person and that any benefit in the wider company is shared. Perfect. So we've addressed why somebody might want to use your in-house accountancy team because of the, the benefits of, you know, any company can say, hey, we have specialists in different tax regimes, which is probably true. But no company, no outside company can say we really understand this company as well as the tax regime, and, and we're able to give tailored advice for both of them. When you say this means, that's the, the part of which you convert to benefits. And if you, so if you always include the this means, that helps you convert to benefits and it helps you to tell the person that you're trying to persuade, this is what's in it for you. So let's do another one. So uh, accountants aligned to different business units. So the next benefit was accountants aligned to different business units. So what would we say to the subsidiary? All right, we have accountants aligned to each business unit who spend time at least one week a month on site with those business units. And they've got a deep knowledge of the business, meaning 
that they can give tailored advice covering your future needs as well as the answer to that question asked. So again, this is something that another company might not be able to offer. Not only do you have accountants uh, aligned to each business unit, but they actually go spend time there. They sit at the desks uh, in that business unit for a week every month. And that is where they get the really deep knowledge that another company won't have. So we've converted the feature of having accountants aligned to the business units to a benefit of, and they really understand what you're going through or what you're trying to ask or uh, how they can, I'll use the word manipulate, but that's not really what accountants do, uh, <laughs> how, they can, how they can make the accounts and the decisions that they make really work for you. So we'll talk about the last example, which was selling an idea to our boss. And you'll remember that we were trying to eliminate eliminate one person and also reduce workarounds. So we might say to our boss, using this new process, we can eliminate Mike, reducing the process by at least one day. And since Mike is often traveling, the length of the process can be shortened by an additional two to four days, meaning we get our podcast up sooner. And... Let's say that it wasn't our company that we were talking about. Let's say that that was about getting um, our product out to customers. And the complaint that we heard most often from customers was that we weren't timely. Then we could add that into our reason, say, um, since most of our complaints about timeliness, reducing that by using this new process will really benefit the customers and reduce the amount of complaints we get. And sometimes people don't care so much about the complaints from the customers in that they, you know, customers always complain, but the volume can be overwhelming. And so if you can reduce the number of complaints, that'll make people happy. And we also wanted to address the workaround. So let's say we're in a different company again. So 50% of the time when George is absent, we use a workaround, which means that the data is not entered in the correct place. And we don't always pick that up before it goes back to accounting, and that causes a three-week delay in customer payment. So eliminating George from the process will eliminate the workaround and mean we're paid three weeks earlier on average. Again, we use that meaning that phrase to help us convert the feature into a benefit. And the benefit is the thing that really means something to the person that you're persuading. Any person, whether you're persuading the usefulness of your service or even which pub to go to for lunch, is motivated by the what's in it for me. An app may have all sorts of bells and whistles, but you won't buy it unless the most of them are beneficial to you. Someone, they could have an amazing education, but you'd hire someone with relevant work experience first because they'll be useful to your team faster. The work experience is the feature, but the increase in speed to usefulness, that's the benefit. Yeah. And the more you think about these terms, the more you'll, more opportunities you'll see to use the techniques and your persuasion powers, as it were, become more and more useful, more and more powerful, and you get more and more people to agree to what you want. And of course, because you're having to create the benefit, and the benefit has to answer what's in it for them. Even though you're getting what you want, they're getting what they want to. So again, there's nothing nefarious about this. There's no bad outcome to this because both people are getting what they want. So the last part of this is 
Be judicious when you use them. Listing the features and benefits of an item, service, idea can leave you with a really long list. Uh, the features of a Honda Civic on their website have to be divided into exterior, interior, engineering, audio, connectivity, and Honda sensing because there are so many. One list would be overwhelming. I happened to write this when I was looking to see if I wanted to buy a new Honda Civic, having had a Honda Civic. <laughs> and that's why I happened to be writing this at the same time. And, and then I saw the list and I was like, wow, what a long list. Uh, and they really do have to divide it up because otherwise the list would be completely overwhelming and, and nobody could follow the features and benefits of so many things. So they have to divide it up into into different sections. So if you're really interested in the interior, which I am because that's where I'm going to be, then I can just look at the short list, which is about the things that I care about. So that's one way of dividing up a long list if you have one. And making it helpful to that customer. Wendy, yes. you said you're interested in the interior. I am interested in the exterior. That's what <laughs> I really like about a car. As far as engineering is concerned, it's not that I don't care, but even if I read that list, I would have zero idea what any of it meant. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Right. I can throw that whole list out because it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And the, you know, the audio list, all I care is, can, does it have Bluetooth and can I play podcasts through my phone? Or at least can I play podcasts on my list? You know, so I can look at the audio list. There's maybe only 10 items, find the one that I care about and just say, okay, check that off. It just makes it so much easier. Hmm. And because Honda doesn't know what features are important to each and every person, they have to make those different lists. Yeah. Now, you as an individual, if you know that person and you're listing the features and benefits, you can almost gear your list to what you know they would be interested in. Uh, it's a rare person that likes to be sold to. It's a rare person who wants to hear the entire list of features and benefits or even the list of benefits. If there's something about, you know, if somebody's trying to persuade you to an idea and they give you 10 reasons why you should like that idea, it's a bit the lady just protests too much, you know. There's a bit too... Okay, so if you're telling me this many good things, like you're really trying to persuade me, and so I am now suspicious that this might actually be a bad outcome for me. So you don't want to overwhelm people with um, a huge list. So if you are preparing for a persuasive conversation, you do want to brainstorm the features and think of as many as possible because the longer the list you have, the more you can tailor it to that person, the more, the more likely you are to hit on the one thing that means something to the person that you're trying to persuade. But when you're constructing the benefits, you just want to hit the big ones, maybe one, two, three, probably three at a maximum, and leave the rest for specific questions. So, for example, if we were um, back with the lady with the laptop, we've told her, hey, we're going to make it easy for you to transfer the data. We're going to work with you at your desk. You're not going to lose any continuity and the battery is going to help you work longer. Now, if she perhaps then asks a question about a specific program or um, a specific thing that maybe maybe she has found that the computer is slow as well as having a bad battery. 
um, and she asked, hey, can you can you do something about the slowness at the same time? And you had that on your list as, hey, we can pick up any problems while we have the laptop and we'll fix them so that you're not inconvenienced again. You might not tell her that up front because it's not, um, it's not one of the big important things. It's not one of the things you can guess ahead of time that she might be interested in. But now you know the, that she's asked that question, now you can give her the benefit of, yes, that's one of the things we do. We'll run diagnostics and we'll make sure that when we give you your computer back, it's the best, it's running at the best possible level. So you can save some of that ammunition for later. When you get asked questions, you'll have, um, you'll have the data that you need in order to answer it. What happens, though, if they don't ask questions? How do you know which ones are going to have the most impact for that person if they don't ask you about those items? Yeah, if you're not able to speak to them ahead of time, for example. You're going to ask questions, if not of the customer, then of yourself. So which elements do you think are the most important to them? Cost, effectiveness, time. Uh, this directs you to using the most effective benefits for that individual. So if you're perhaps putting this service up for the first time of having this laptop repair thing where you give a loaner and you're trying to think of the features and benefits but you haven't done it yet, you can just put yourself in the in the customer's place and think what would be the most annoying thing about having to do this? And then you can work on the features and benefits. And then as you continue the service and you begin to find out what the majority of customers ask you about, what the majority want, or what the majority find the benefit of the service, then you can start to tailor that list more easily. So even if you can't ask the customer, and Honda doesn't go around asking everybody, <laughs> what do you want to see? <laughs> they just put up the list. But they can tailor that list in, in some senses because... When I go to the website again, they already know that I was interested in the interior list. So maybe they'll move that to the top of the website when I when I look again. So this isn't necessarily a one-time thing. Sometimes, you know, if you just want to go to the pub that you want to go to for lunch, then yeah, that's a one-time thing. Or that you might want to re remember what it was about it that you said that your friend agreed with you to go uh -huh. to the same pub. <laughs> hey, this one's really quick, so we can be back and nobody will moan at us for being late for lunch or, you know, oh, this one has your favourite sandwich. Right. But other ones that are ongoing, you can refine them as you go along. And even if you don't want to take them at a later date to that same pub, at least you'll know the benefits from the last one. So mm -hmm. just like the last one, this one cooks food rather quickly and it will help us get out of there on time and make our way back. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm coming from England, I'm very focused on which pub we're going for to for lunch. <laughs> it's a tradition, Fridays. And any other day you're celebrating or just because it's Wednesday. It's all about the pub. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So understanding how to convert features into benefits is a really useful skill that you'll use more often than you think. And the more you focus on it, um, the more you notice uh, times that you can use it. If you put yourself in the shoes of the person who you're trying to persuade and then convert features into benefits to appeal to that person, that's how you'll be successful. And it's super easy and it really, really works. So hopefully you'll try it.
And think of it like features and benefits, not like selling. Selling gives people such a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. It's not something that everyone likes to be able to say they do. Think of it as features and benefits, and it will be like selling without selling. Perfect. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Wendy. Have a good day. Bye, everyone. That's all for this week, folks. We'll be back next week with a new topic. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did. <laughs>